And welcome back to The Blunt and the Based. I am so lucky to have Garrett here on our show. And uh, I would like to let her introduce herself and what she does. Garrett? Uh, yeah, I'm just a, a butch lesbian that get con gets confused as a dude all the time. And uh, so, yeah, I'm just here kind of trying to, I have a son, I have a wife, just just trying to do what's uh, what's good for the community right now. Absolutely. I, lo I love having uh, having great conversations with Garrett. Uh, we're always back and forth and uh, she is uh, really awesome. Uh, and today we are going to be talking a little bit in depth all together uh, about our thoughts and opinions. So it must uh, it'll be a, it'll be worth a listen. Um, you want to take it off? Yeah. Well, thank you, Garrett, for joining us. I've heard a lot about you. Super Awesome talks a lot about you. So I'm excited to have you join us on our podcast. But you also have a podcast. If you want to share that really quickly, where can people find you? Yeah, we're we're on Glinton Things. Uh, I mean, I put you can find me at GStrong81 on Instagram. But yeah, we're we're just solely on YouTube. Uh, we like to have fun just I haven't monetized anything because I just want to talk however I want to talk. I don't want to get stricken. So, yeah, we just have a good time on Glint and things. It's just on YouTube. Okay, well, awesome. Well, thank you again for joining us today. I appreciate it. I, I've, I, listen, I, I followed you guys. I, I definitely did a deep dive into Instagrams today. So I've had a really fun time. Y'all are, y'all are fun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad you enjoy it. Not everyone has the same sentiment. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um, but I know that our views align. So, you know, we thought that we would have this conversation today around, because, you know, a lot of people in society, the whole transitioning ideology cult really glamorizes um the whole process of transitioning a child and a lot of people don't want to talk about the reality of what goes into it and Jana and I do talk about the reality of it um and so I I think the conversation we're going to have today which is specifically about the sex reassignment surgeries um yeah my I it's it's so hard for me just because you can't come back from that right and having young kids and whatever, you realize, like, you, you can't change your mind after you do it. Like, after you have the surgeries, after you do the hormones, like, it's very different. To, it's very hard to come back from, from that. There are little things that you can do as a kid that, right, we all remember. You do stupid crap, you can come back from it. You know what I mean? You, you whatever it is, you can... You can be like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. Sex reassignment surgery to me is something you can't come back from. And to allow children to make that decision to me is very difficult. Well, there's definitely irreversible damage that goes along with it. And the doctors um, and the whole cult community does not talk about that. Um, they talk about you know, glamorizing the idea of it. And we've even seen like undercover videos of where doctors will say, you know, if you take your boobs out, 
you can reverse that. You can put your boobs back in. It's not, it's absolutely not the same thing because there's so much more that goes into it. And maybe you can put fake boobs back in, but it, you're a woman. You're never going to get your functioning boobs back in. You're never going to be able to have children and then feed your children from those boobs. Um, so there's a lot more that goes into it. And then, you know, and that's not even talking about the bottom surgeries that these people are having. Because that I don't think they're showing it enough. They're not. I don't know what you guys think, but I I don't I don't think that they're talking about that enough. I I agree. Um, and I've done a few videos on it. I've even pulled um, because this is something that I find a lot of the um, detransitioners are talking about more. Like we interviewed Austin Unbridled and. He talked a lot about, um, you know, the bottom surgery and, you know, the aftermath of the bottom surgery. Um, and Tell then me out a little bit. Is, was, is he a... Uh, uh... So he was male to female. Okay. And then he transitioned back um, okay. to male. So, but he had all of the surgeries. He had... Uh, the boobs put in so he had implants put in and he did have the bottom surgery and he was on hormones for a very long time and now he's in a position even though he is detransitioning that he's always going to be on something you know there's going to be some type of medical dependency there just because of the damage that has been done to his body um but yeah my question to you guys, and I, that's why I wanted to come on so badly, is I, I've had conversations with uh, straight people, gay people, woke people, conservative people, and, and they all tell me that bottom surgeries, they'll be able to live a full life at whatever gender they're reassigned to. <clears throat> and then I looked up those surgeries. Eh. Uh, eh. that's like, not a, that's not a full life i looked up those surgeries too i looked up those surgeries like years ago because because i tried to understand what could possibly be going on in that person's head for them to make the decision um you know instead of doing a snap judgment i tried i did a deep dive into the surgeries and for me it it made my um, my stance on it even harder, even stronger after I saw what these people really are going through. Because this is essentially you are mutilating your body. And it comes with so much risk. And the chances of infection and reinfection and resurgeries is so high no one is talking about this. And then the we're not even talking about the long-term care. The long-term care that these people have to commit to in order to maintain what they did to their bodies. Well, they don't talk about it because of the fact that, because of the money that it produces. If they were to talk about it, then 
they wouldn't be able to make hand over fist the money that they're making affirming these delusions that surgery would actually cure them when they have a mental disorder and only you know a psychic change could actually help them you yeah. know what i mean like that, that that's what what is mental illness it's it's psychological so how do you uh improve mental illness other than to have a psychic change i think these kids believe that these doctors can do these surgeries and they are actually going to make them women or they're actually going to make them men and when it comes down to and no one ever wants to talk to no one ever wants to talk about this but when it comes down to having sex like having a full sex life right if you do these changes you won't you're not gonna you're not have going to you hear the detransitioners talk about how painful it is um how uncomfortable it is down there and that's one of the risk involved is one of the top risks that they list is the loss of sexual sensation. I mean, if you look into the physical, like you can watch the videos, you can see pictures of the aftermath of these. For a lay person to just look at these, no one would wonder why you lost sexual sensation in this. You look like Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. None things look natural i don't care what they do you know they do the graph for um to reconstruct the penis for the woman they yep. they that was horrible yeah they basically cut your penis open um take your urethra try and figure out to where they don't damage it to where you can still pee and then make you a micro penis which acts as your clitoris and then make you a a man-made hole that does not self-clean that does not self-lube, that is prone to infection, that will close if you do not dilate for the rest of your life. Which, and like, ladies, let's let let's be let let's be legit honest. The first time that we've ever had sex with a man, shit's painful. It yeah. It's painful. I can't imagine if you're had surgery down there. Yeah. For that. To dilate for the rest, to reopen. And you can see the tool. You can see the dilation tools. They start off, like, if we're going to compare it to, like, tampons, it's like the first one is, like, really small. It's, like, the smallest. I don't even know if it's a, if it's as, I guess it, I guess it could be as big as, like, a really small tampon. Um, but then you they give you, like, I think it's, like, a set of, like, four. Where and then you're supposed to naturally go up in size until you get to a point and in depth. They talk okay, to fit like to fit an actual penis in there. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like who like you're you're comparing tampon like people yeah. were actually compared tampon sizes to penis size. Like Yeah, and that and that and yes, that's a very valid point though, because like for us, our vaginas stretch. They, yes, they they and they're meant they, to do that. Yes. They're meant to do that because we can have babies. Like it is a natural hole in our bodies that is made specifically for reproduction. So it stretches. You know, we can we might be you know have a lot of pain initially when we first have sex, but then 
you know, we... It gets more comfortable. (laughs) It gets a lot more comfortable. It gets a lot more pleasurable for us. We don't have that all of our lives. And when we're talking about, I mean, a a dick compared to a tampon is vastly different. Vastly different. Um, and And it's okay for us because, again... Our vaginas right. it was, are yes. made for this. Like, and you and you weren't wrong before when you said that it, like we self lubricate. Yeah. Yes, we do. I don't and know why not self lubricate and they do not self clean. Do you know like one of the things that they can get they can get flies in there. Like I'm not being gross. Like they can actually get flies in there. And it, I'm serious. I have looked Stop. this up. I'm I'm not Stop. saying you're wrong. <laughs> I don't like, want to hear oh about my, those fruit flies. I do not want to hear about but those yeah, fruit flies. I get what flies. you say. When you, think yes. about, but think about it. It's a hole that is not supposed to be there. And it all right. it's doing every single day of its life is it's fighting your body because it wants to close because it knows it's not right. supposed to be there. Yeah. I, it, listen, I watched my wife push out a nine-pound, uh, 21-and-a-half-inch baby. That's a like, big baby. Big <laughs> baby. That's a long baby. I had a, a whole 20, boy. I had a 21 inch baby. Yeah. Oh. Big baby. She literally pushed him out. And then between like, and I'm not trying to be disgusting here, but her vagina is back to when I met. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Our, our vaginas go to tense and they go huge. And then, you know, within hours, our vaginas are normal again. They go back. They right. go back to where. You got that snapback, baby. It's, <laughs> yes. And to think that you're going to try to to recreate that and tell them that they're going to have a full life. Full life, yeah. Eh. There's there's one trans girl that she even talks about how she regrets having bottom surgery and she brings her dilation tools out and she talks about the depths like there's like different depths that they can like uh, make their holes like six inches. Oh, they have to they can choose. They can. So they're supposed whatever they can take. They're supposed to stretch it. Yes, they're supposed to stretch it. I wouldn't be able to take much. I just, like, okay, think about it. And we can talk about Gaz Jennings in this situation because she was very public about her whole transition. Think about you telling, like, a 15-year-old, you have to take this dilation tool and you have to go and do this for like 15 minutes today. Like you have to go insert this. Uh, 15 minutes? <laughs> Isn't that a good day for a dude? <laughs> I would say three minutes is a good <laughs> But okay, sure. Tell a 15-year-old that. Cool. A good. Like, whatever. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> <laughs> No problem. Oh, but you get the point, right? Like, yeah. imagine having to tell a 15 no. They have to do that every single day. Because you have to do it, I think you have to do it, like, um, every day, like, right after the surgery, depending on things. And then you have to do it, like, once a week or whatever. Um, but you never get to a point where you can stop doing it, though. 
So like yeah. what happens whenever you're like 80 years old? Are you still are you still using your <laughs> I'm not trying to be funny, but do you get you No, see... I get it. Yes. Yeah, I get it. I, I absolutely do. Like so, you're you're so, pretty much So does it close up? It will close. Okay, right. But and does it's it close also up? if it closes, Is then it... it's like a bubble and that bubble becomes like an infection. Um, and then like you, you can get gangrene down there. You can get, yeah, it, it, you can get some serious infections down there. Um, and it, it can become a very big health risk for you. Well, you can have, a, you can so, have a, go ahead. No. So essentially what you're saying is like, if they don't dilate, they'll die. It'll close up. Well, I mean, if it closes I mean, I would imagine if you quit dilating and then you get that infection, if you wanted to, you know, reverse it, like there's no way of reversing it unless you spend another $75,000 and, and the initial surgeries, um, the initial bottom surgeries are averaging 25,000. That's not including the, but I'm building. talking a reversal. You can't, I don't, I, you know what? That's a great question. But I, I, well, the one that you were talking about, uh, that came out and was talking about dilation, I, I believe that, uh, she, uh, would like a reversal. However, she doesn't have 75,000. So I don't know. I mean, that was something well, that she, quoted. whether that's exact numbers, I don't know, but I mean, it's more money to get out of it than to get in it. And then, and then what does getting out of it look like though? Right. I, I, I don't know what that is, but and I would have. girl I'm talking about has already had two surgeries down there because her first surgery got went, blocked. went very wrong. Yes. And it got closed and she had to go back in to have another surgery. And I mean, she's the one that openly talks about regret. Yeah. I believe that we're on the same page with the same person. Okay. I know what you're talking about too. Mint's kind of like, how do you get a penis back? You don't. You basically have sliced your banana open. You've taken your urethra out. You've removed your testicles. You're never going to get those back. And you have turned that penis, that very functioning, healthy penis, into a little micro penis that is now supposed to function as a clitoris. And then they're taking women and trying to make their clitoris bigger and... Make so them they put them on yes, and I think it's like a year. You have to be on it. I think it's at least a minimum of a year where they want to enlarge your clitoris so that they can use that as part of like the reconstructive penis, which they also typically will take a skin graft from your arm. You'll see a lot of the trans um, yeah. female to males with like scars on like their arms. Or legs, yeah. Or legs, yeah. Yeah, and and the and that penises don't look. Yeah, go look at the pictures. I've looked at all the pictures. The penises, they don't look like penises. They look like you're never gonna have an erect penis. I and I I would ask you both uh, just out of curiosity, um, because I've thought about this uh, through multiple conversations that I've had. But when I was growing up, and I grew up a very butch lesbian. Like, I just, I love sports. I played sports all the time. Like, it, I just, I 
always thought that I couldn't love a woman because I had to be a dude to do it. And if you take that thought process that you've been brought up with and you tell it to someone who's insecure, to someone who just wants to love a woman, they're going to want to be a dude so that they can love a woman. That's, that's what I'm starting to come to. Like, if you're a dude and you want to love a man, but the only way that it's okay to love a man is to be a woman, mentally, what... What do you, what are you supposed to think? Where's the where where's the easiest place to go, to be able to do that? I can see how some people would equate that. Um, I would say probably back in the day, like whenever I was growing up. But I feel like we we live in more of a society now where, you know, the gay community is openly welcomed. Like people don't. I don't feel like people look at like you know, lesbians or gay men um, in the same light. And I also feel like we are seeing a lot, the trans community, I don't feel like we are seeing um, true trans people. I feel like we are seeing either kids that their parents are suffering Munchausen's by proxy syndrome or we're seeing um, narcissistic, egotistical, mostly very insecure, weak men yeah. trying to pretend to be women um, for whatever reason, because they lacked attention in you know their life or they suffered some trauma or abuse. And now they are basically utilizing that to satisfy or fill a void. That's what I feel like we are seeing. And, may and maybe you're saying... Yeah, I get that. Yeah, no, I absolutely get that. Now, I I personally believe that you, uh, like, that, I mean, what makes you think that it's not right to be with a woman? And that's more of a you thing. You know what I mean? Uh, as far, I mean, at least that was how no, I identified it for myself because I, I felt the same way was that I was bothered by it because I felt like it wasn't what God wanted. So there, there again is a personal relationship between me and my higher power. So a lot of people make it out like it's other people that are stopping them from being or doing what they want to do but it's really a struggle between themselves and God. It's an internal people, Yeah, people don't have anything to do with it. I mean, even if, let, let's just say it's sure. illegal for us to be with a woman, right? Yeah, sure. Um, well, it's a girl's night out. <laughs> let's go out and we all go out. You I mean, isn't you that know how I mean? Like, There's always undercover. You could all, there's, believe me, if I want to do something, I'm going to do it no matter what. Didn't yeah. lesbians start with a girl's night yeah. out? It was right. Night out. <laughs> it's a slow that's how we party. Started. You know? Yeah. Like, sure. so that's my my thing about it is that, like, uh, a lot of people, I think it's more of an internal struggle between themselves and God yes. than yeah. it is actually others. Because others don't matter. If you don't feed me, fuck me, or finance me, what does it matter? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. if you leave it, in those contexts, you're like, oh, okay. So at that point, you need to get with God 
and yourself to see why it is that you don't agree with the fact that you can be with a woman. That's where, like, I think a lot of people just get caught up thinking, you know, oh, yeah, it's the church or, oh, it's this person and this person. They don't have oh, anything listen, to do I'm with not it. Trying, I'm not trying oh, to no, down. No, 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 no. I know you, I know you're also, not. Though, it could be also, though, how people were raised. Like, if you're raised in a very conservative family, then I could see how that's going to become an internal struggle for you as well, just because you're you're afraid of being rejected by your family. And so that right there in itself is going to, you know, cause a really big pause for you and a struggle for you because what you're feeling like you truly identify as and what your family is showing that you should be you know is right the- so maybe so maybe if you become what your family thinks is the appropriate then the you appropriate won't be upple, then your family be, won't be mad yeah and who doesn't want i mean as a child who doesn't want their parents to accept them and love them there is no child that exists that doesn't want that of course you know? absolutely my mom didn't like it she absolutely didn't like it she wanted me to be in dresses she wanted me to be you know, she wanted me to be in pink and purple and, and whatever. And I wanted to be in Nike. I mean, we're talking about the 80s, 90s at this point, but I wanted to be in Nike running shoes, whatever color they were. I wanted to, I didn't want to be in brownies. I didn't want to wear the stupid sash in the skirt because that wasn't my thing. I didn't want to play freaking field hockey because I had a skirt. And, and she, it just wasn't the vision of the daughter that she wanted. I'm not saying she didn't love me. She did. She loved me. I was her child. But her her vision of what her daughter was supposed to be did not fit what I was. And so if you try to make that kid the vision that you want, you could drive them to just be mentally susceptible to what they think is the right thing to do. And that's, I think that's every parent in America. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, whether you're gay or you're not gay, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Probably, we all have idea. I mean, an idea of what, like, I have an idea of what uh, I would like to see Nicholas do with his life, my nephew. Uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes I might hold him accountable too much for something that I want for him when he really yeah. never even wanted it. So, I mean, I, I feel like I, I totally get where you're going. And I try to kind of like change perspective because sometimes I think that could happen. It it, it doesn't sexuality doesn't have anything. That's more like uh, I didn't meet my expectations in my own life. I want my child yeah. to. Well, to there's a lot of extra. You're trying to validate some of the things within you, and I feel like we see that a lot in the trans tifa cult, where the parents are trying to validate something in them by projecting onto their children yeah and that's where we're seeing a lot of it but you know you could get that from any parent and that that's like an emotional immaturity issue with any parent i mean and we all do you see those parents do you see those parents that are doing that to the to the trans kids or the supposedly trans kids do you see that as a way to to be like like and i'm gonna say this as raw as possible but liked or loved by what they perceive as the minority class 
Yeah, I think that there is their allies. There is something inherently um, wrong with those parents in particular, whether it be a mental struggle, whether it be an insecurity. There is some type of internal issue that I feel those parents are dealing with. And so they are trying to find um, validation. They're trying to find confirmation. They are trying to fill that void by projecting that onto their children and they're getting some form of satisfaction um now is it going to be sustainable no but they're getting it right now yeah but they get I to be on like, tlc or yeah. they get to be on yeah and the more that they get that the more they're going to crave it it's like a drug you get addicted to it just like i feel like um you know any child that has been sucked into the trans ideology transitioning ideology cult it's like a drug you know you you take um you get that first high of oh like you had a video go viral and then you continue to like you know want more highs and it's the same thing with the trans kids you know you give them hormones um they're going to get a high from that but then eventually that's going to run out so they go to cross-sex hormones eventually that's going to run out we're going to move into sex reassignment surgery eventually that is going to run out um, and then where they're, where are they going to go from there? Where are they going to get their next high? Where are they going to get that fix that they need? Um, when the reality is, is that it was always something internal that they needed to address, but they're addressing it with physical issues. And this is why it is leading to an increase in suicide rates post transitioning, because the children at that point have realized they can't get that fix anymore. And they have ruined their bodies, you know, yeah. and they are going to forever live with the mental, emotional and actual physical anguish of that damage. It's, it's absolutely really sad. It's really sad. Um, I, I... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say I was going to bring it back to Jana's point a little bit before I you know i i never like to push ideology on anybody but i think there is a little bit of uh in in anything too the way that you said that it could be in in the gay community in straight community and there's a little bit of of lack of god here you know what i mean like religion kind of gives you a bit however you believe in religion it gives you a bit of a purpose right it, it there's there's guidelines to follow. There's rules to follow. There's a, there's a, you know, a love my neighbor. You know what I mean? Like there's, and we don't really have that anymore. Or it's not as prominent as it was when I was growing up. Yeah. Because if you have God, then you have, you have a line in the sand. Yeah. And with that line in the sand, you can't cross it. Or you don't want to cross it because you don't want to harm your relationship with God. And I think that they have to eliminate that for people because they're going to go as far as we let them. You know, like now we are uh, at the fact that, you know, they're mutilating children and people are just idly sitting around uh because they think that, that that's okay like there is no line in the sand so you can have uh you can have uh these young children uh not only is i mean 
the sex assignment uh, damaging for long term. But so so is socially uh, transitioning as well. Yeah, That's psychological warfare on their mind yeah. at a very young age, and so they're thinking that here they've been made and they've been made wrong. So God obviously didn't care enough to do the right job. So now they have this skewed idea of who God really is, that he actually made a mistake by making them, and they are left with the uh, burden of having to fix it when that's not the truth. But they don't know any different because that's what they have been taught. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what they're being taught. The the people that are are convincing them have no moral compass, and so they're basically playing God. They want to be seen as you know their savior, that child's savior. Because I'm gonna you know take you to the promised land. I'm gonna fix all of your issues. You know, and so that's where we're getting a lot of. Um, these issues and we know that this is going to end really badly for a lot of people it's so interesting because i used to before the whole before i was messing with the whole like i'm gay or i, I mean i came into my sexuality way later probably than than most kids say they do now but um i used to i used to always at night before bed like lord's prayer um now i lay me down to sleep and then just the re like re go over god made me exactly how i was supposed to be and in my mind i was saying that just because i'm a six foot tall woman that likes to usually weigh around 185 190 pounds of freaking muscle that played basketball that was not normal in the night that wasn't a normal thing in the 90s and so for me, it just, it was, ah. he made me the right way. I might not look like any kind of Abercrombie and Fitch model. I might not look like a, you know, a Victoria's Secret model, but I was made as a woman the way that I was supposed to be made as a woman. And I don't, I don't think that's happening anymore. Like, I don't, I don't think that that's what we're teaching our kids anymore. Like, however, if you're kind of a feminine dude or you're a more masculine girl or you're like it's okay to be those things you d you don't have to change like god god actually did make you exactly the way you were supposed to be made absolutely they're definitely not getting that message um, but that i think that's make money yeah that's what i was about to say it doesn't it doesn't make any kind of money because they're making buku money. I think like when you when you talk about from start to finish from one child from transitioning one child, I think we're talking about like almost two hundred thousand dollars just on like the start to finish, not including like any kind of aftercare or upkeep or anything like that. Um, but we're not talking about the money enough. We're also not talking about all of the risk involved. You always get the bubbles in your screen. Every time you do this, you get, yeah, you get bubbles or balloons or you just, yeah. <laughs> I got fireworks, folks. For hey, if, you, if I do two thumbs up, uh, it gives me fireworks. 
<laughs> you can you can join in too. You can do it too. It'll make yours. I don't... Yeah. yeah. Good. Now we're doing fireworks. We're pausing for yeah. the fire. Try That's it again. Fine. Do it out. Oh, it's it's fine. I think I think this camera makes it different. It's not my computer camera, so it's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe it's that. But I want to talk a little bit about some more risk involved with this, just with like the surgery. So when we're talking male to female, um, we're talking about, um, so they do like a vinyl, uh, a vaginal plasty, but they use like the small bowel or the colon. So they have risk involved with like a collapsed um, uh, colon or bowel. Um, they talk about like you hear, some of like the detransitioners talk about how um, sometimes if like if the bowel starts to mix with the colon and this has happened, then there there's an issue and you uh, will get infections and these are like serious. Um, they remove the testicles and the penis to create the vagina, which we talked a little bit about. Just for like this surgery in particular, there is a three month recovery time for it. Um, that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, so and it's pretty intensive post op care. Uh, loss of sexual sensation. We talked about this. Trouble emptying the bladder is um, a risk. Vaginal opening uh, or closing, getting an infected. We talked about this. There's a lot of risk involved with that. Um, there is also, there could be the hole that develops in between the rectum and the vagina because it is so close at this point and they have manipulated that area that that also becomes a really big risk. And then we know that you have to dilate for the rest of your life. Listen, that area is a risk when you give birth because my kid yeah. almost split my wife in half. So yeah. And they give you a lot of times if you're having a vaginal birth, they will ask if you want an enema when you go in um, because it is very common. Women don't want to talk about this. It is very common for you to shit yourself on the table. It is very common. My wife was so worried about that. She was so <laughs> like... worried about that, too. <laughs> that was like my biggest concern. I didn't care about anything else. That was hers. <laughs> God, don't let me shit myself. <laughs> because she was like, I can't, I can't like. push like that. If I push like that, I'm going to shit myself. I was like, I uh, we're there already. You have to. It doesn't That's matter. What I kept saying, and when you feel the head, when you feel the pressure down there, it, I kept saying, like, I kept telling them I need to go to the bathroom. They're like, you don't need to go to the bathroom. Your baby is right there. It's and I'm out. fucking shit. And they were like, no, you don't. Your baby's right there. <laughs> it's so weird <laughs> but yes um and then with female to male they harvest a flap which we talked about so they'll take like a skin graft from the arm or the thigh to create a franken penis um they usually if you want testicles they have to use um fake wait you can get test te wait there you can get testicles you can get fake Stop testicles it. yes you can what, from a dead, uh, well, they give you pr prosthetic ones. <laughs> oh, do they have testicle donors? Oh, is, is there like skin? Like, there's actual balls that hang down. Like, they can take a scrotum for you. Hey, Jeff, <laughs> I can make a scrotum. 
Mm-hmm. They can make a scrotum for you and they can give you fake testicles. Yes. Um, with the female to male, you have risk of bleeding, infection, basically rotting of the skin down there is also a risk. Um, urinary retention becomes a risk down there because, you know, you're messing with that whole area. Um, vaginal prolapse also can become an issue. And then vaginal rectal injury, obviously. And with all of these, there is obviously infertility that comes with it. You cannot Mm -hmm. reach at this point. You cannot have your own babies. Um, And then also the number one issue with um, trans people that no one wants to talk about is heart issues from all of the hormones that have been pumped into their body and people are always like oh you know well as a female i have natural testosterone yes you may have natural testosterone but you don't have it at that level and then you know men are pumping themselves with estrogen um, and they want to push out a baby and it's like yo your hips will snap uh yeah it ain't gonna happen (laughs) like it just won't it's not what it was designed for no no um so that's that's everything involved with uh, that. That's a lot. Do you remember those commercials back in the day where they would be like, "Hey, uh, what for whatever?" Like it would be like, uh, like whatever you know, medicine, and then they give you and like they tell you the side, side effects. effects. Yes. You're like, I could die. <laughs> like, yeah. What? They're like, you, your eye could fall out. You know? It's always the last one, too. And it's like, hey, you could have, like, you could burp a lot. You could throw up a little bit, whatever. Oh, yeah, and you yeah, could die. And dizziness. But you yeah. could also lose an eye or not be able to pee anymore, develop cancer, or or die. Right. Like, this is what they should tell these people. They should tell them you could die for this. Maybe we should make a, a like, a commercial for a pharmaceutical but for for trans and like be all serious and be like hey if you want to change your gender we are here to help you these are the drugs that you can take now for the side effects that's genius though we should do it because that would be that would be com comedic gold there i I mean it's the most like uh your boobs will leak this weird like substance you'll be able to feed your kid but it won't be freaking milk it'll be like some weird saline solution that whatever (laughs) you know what i mean like what (laughs) okay you'll be able to penetrate your girlfriend but she won't feel it only you will like (laughs) (laughs) this is all true this is all true you know what i mean like when they tell women that they can get penis it's like but she won't feel it like my fingers can do more work than whatever penis you're going to probably get is going to do sorry but not sorry like it's the truth Uh this is true though this is true my really my fingers are more erect (laughs) 
Uh, it's funny because like one of the things after the aftercare like involved if you do get you know your frankincenses you're not supposed to bend it you're not supposed to make sure nothing sits on it make sure like they tell you this because you nothing could... sits on it <laughs> <laughs> what was the point you could literally break your penis does it hurt <laughs> Girl, I don't have a penis, and I don't want one. I, I, no. You don't have a penis? I don't. Does that surprise you? Wow. I do have some pretty big balls, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, God, guys. I. It, yeah, we're going there. We're getting there. We're getting there. It's be uh, so I know I I want to bring up real quick. I know that we're gonna wind this down soon, but I do want to bring up real quick. Um, abuse related to um, the trans community and the gay community as a whole, because I feel like there is um correlations with that. And I've like I've watched a lot of the trans community talk about you know the abuse that they suffered and for me and i've i've continuously said this i feel like somebody should do a study on um abuse and how it relates to uh the community as a whole whether it be physical abuse emotional abuse sexual abuse which i think sexual abuse is a big one in there um jana and i have both uh, we are both survivors of child sexual assault, um, so we can speak from that experience. And then also religious abuse. There is a lot of um, religious abuse that was out there, and it's probably still prevalent now. But you'll see a lot of the same um, behaviors and issues manifest whatever abuse it, it, it is and we see you know PTSD substance abuse depression anxiety eating disorders um sexual promiscuity sexually risky behavior uh relationship issue, issues self-harm you know um and people that have suffered from abuse as children are also really high risk of being re-victimized so Let's talk about this. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, let me scoot this a little closer. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm I've talked about it fairly openly and honestly on pretty much every platform. I was uh, sexually abused by my stepfather when I was between the ages of eight and twelve, um, and so I very frequently get the question, "Well, if you hadn't been, do you still think you would be gay?" Uh, Jana challenged me on that and I I had to think about it. I would always like to say yes, I but also too, I don't if I hadn't have been, I don't I, I don't know what the the course lies. I know that I'm very happy now in the relationship and my marriage and my child. So I don't I don't know. Um I I do believe that it can lead to a lot of these things that are happening now with transitioning children and uh, getting them to believe that they need to be transitioned. Cause I can see that in my own life, like the way that I was thinking at the time. 
Um, so yeah, I, I, they're vulnerable, right? Like you're taking the most vulnerable people on the planet, just like you said, they, they can be re-victimized. Well, aren't they? If you're taking kids that have been victimized already and telling them that you're not, you're not where you're supposed to be, you're just re-victimizing them again. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I, I'm absolutely, uh, I guess I'm on the same page as, as you both are. With that, I feel like that's very, 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 it's easy to do, right? Yeah. I mean, we we probably have all been, all three of us have been re-victimized in one way or another. How many women do you know that, like I always, I, I ask it about men a lot, but I'll ask it about women. How, how many women do you know that have been victimized? It's not even like now you can't even count it on your hand. It's like if you throw a rock and you meet somebody new, Right. Oh, the chances are, yeah, it's really They've high. They've been victimized. Now, men do. Men do. I think it's like one in four um, girls under the age of eighteen will be victims of sexual assault, but it's like one in nine boys. But you won't see men openly talking about it as much as women will. Right. Um, but I do believe that there is you know, an underlying current of that with, you know, the men that are susceptible to, you know, this transitioning ideology cult as well. Um, I just don't think that they are as open with that. And that's normal. I mean, women are inherently different on how we deal with our emotions on how we, you know, process um, trauma. For us, us, right, it's usually violent. For men, they usually don't understand that they're being victimized. They think they're supposed to be having sex at 11. They think they're supposed to be having sex at 14. Like for us, it's, it's very violent. Like you're taking something from us. And I always talk about that. There's, there is, people don't want to say it, but there's a difference between being penetrated and being the person penetrating. That's actually a really good point. I never talked, I never thought about that, but you are absolutely. So boys just think that they're going through a rite of passage, even though they might not have liked it at the time. Yeah. Women for us, 13, 14, 11, 12, what, this shit hurts at 18. Yeah. Yeah. You have to want to submit to that. We have to want to submit to it. And if we don't, way worse mm-hmm. psychologically. Yeah. Because men don't even understand that they're being hurt. You're right. Because it doesn't physically hurt them at the time like it does us. It might be weird feeling like, hey, I shouldn't be doing this. Or, hey, this is weird. Or, hey, lady, I don't want to do this. But it's not a violent action. Yeah. That that's my two cents on it. Unless we're talking about like the boys that are raped. Yeah. 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 But yeah, 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 we do hear a lot about where it's like, you know, babysitters. Like men on men. I'm talking about like I was talking about women assaulting like young boys. But yeah, if you're talking no, about I, men I, assaulting I, I, young we're talking yeah, about yeah, that's, that's a different yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, because we do hear a lot about like baby older babysitters that take advantage of the young. If you want boys. to talk about the Boy Scouts, yeah, that's fucking terrible, and yeah. they're all horrible. That's whatever. a whole. Well, that's yeah. a whole other traumatized. Yeah. Issue. yeah. Well, I was just mm-hmm. talking about like opposite sex sort of thing. No, right. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, because typically, if a woman, if if girls are, um sexually assaulted it's coming from a man we're not getting like I, it was a man for me um i'm assuming it was men for both of you too like we're not getting women that are attacking us or violating us in those ways so that's that's an that's a really interesting perspective there i never thought it's about possible that. that it happened but most likely it like the majority of us have been assaulted by men. I mean, for me, it was okay. my stepfather. Yeah. In my house, in my room. Like, it wasn't, you know what I mean? It wasn't something to escape. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot of it, a lot of us have experienced it from within the family. And that's what I believe makes it so much more challenging for um us as young victims to talk about because the family dynamic itself is something that you know it we can't we're we're like looking at it from the perspective of well you know these are these are the people that are supposed to love us the most and protect us so if they're doing this to us who who do we go to like if someone is hurting us within our family where are we going to go with that information? That's why these transition things are so terrible because their parents are allowing it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, where are they going to go? They're being convinced that this is, you know, the right thing to do. And they yeah. don't, it's the same thing. They don't have an escape. They don't really, you know, it's, it's very seldom that you hear of, um, you know, young girls being victimized by family members, because typically I think it's 94 percent of girls get assaulted by a family member or an acquaintance. Yep. Um, and a lot of us wait until years after we are out of that situation for us to actually speak up. About it. I know I did. I know Jana did. Um, and we are the norm. We are. Um, the, that is typically what happens. We don't say anything while we're in it. We say once we feel safe enough to say it to where we know we're never going to be put back in that situation. So, yeah. no, they taught us stranger danger and stranger danger wasn't, wasn't it. It wasn't it. I mean, there is stranger danger, but it's not though. Like, so yeah, yeah I get it. Absolutely get it. Yeah. It's just really, it's really sad. Um, I know we could go down so many rabbit holes. Right now, there's so many places that my head wants to go with all of everything that you guys have said. Um, I got to wind down a little bit. I got to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll have to um, continue this conversation. Absolutely. Anytime you guys want, I'm happy to come on yours. Um, whenever you want, uh, you guys gave me so many good, like brainstorms on this one because it, it just is real and people don't talk about it and it sucks. Garrett, thank you so much for, for being so, uh, 
transparent and truthful and just like putting yourself out there because you don't know how helpful that is to not only us, but to other women and maybe even men, you know, a, a different perspective for them. So like what you're saying is so valuable. And I just, you know, the, the, the fact that you have the courage to say it out loud and uh, like it's such a blessing that you're able to have a different perspective and, and uh -huh. be able to share that. So, you know, we, we love you and thank you so much for being here and, uh, and sharing your experience. It means the world to us. I really do appreciate you both. And I appreciate you both. I, I, I you know, obviously I found, uh, I found you Jenna on Instagram and, and through you that I found Amy also on Instagram and I've been able to, and, and it is to sit in an, in an echo chamber full of people who are just going to like say whatever it is you want to freaking hear all the time to listen to people that have different opinions. And it, I, it, I've, I'm, I'm blessed. I appreciate you both very much for, for having me on here and uh, I'm being able to call you friends. Well, thank you well. again. You can find Gareth on IG. I just followed her while we were talking at GStrong81. Um, and go check out her um, podcast, which is available on YouTube. So and you. we will definitely have you back because I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface of the abuse. I feel like we're going to have some good times. Yes. I feel like we're going to have some good times, sisters. I, I like it. <laughs> well, well we, ho it we hope you have a super awesome day. Yes. Until next time. Thank you, guys. Bye.